0: When you are passionate about something, everybody around you feels it. Everybody around you understands that it's that vibe that you that you bring, and 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 there, and you can't fake it, right? There's you know.
1: Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to Satori Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar, and joining me today is my good friend, Mike Guido. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great, sir.
1: It's a great day. Great day to be
0: here. Thank yes, you. it
1: is, man. I know it's, we're, we're taping this on a Monday, and of course, this is your motivational Monday. You put something out every week on that,
0: right? That's right. Yes. It's Motivational Monday. You know, I, I, I've been doing this for probably about, I don't know, like maybe four five, six years now. And, and I just feel like Monday is one of those days that used to be looked upon as, oh, man, it's Mondays. And I just look at it from a different perspective and just try to bring that perspective to everybody who's listening.
1: Well, one of the things, I think, I don't know, we've known each other probably a decade. Is it, you know, maybe like known each other for a decade. Maybe we knew each other before then. is, is that
0: sound about right to that you? That sounds about right. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere around there. Yeah, it's been it, a while. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, one of the things about you, and, and by the way, we'll, we'll, I'm going to ask you to give a little bit of a background in a minute, but is, is that you are sincerely one of the most positive, upbeat people uh, that I've ever met. You know, you've got this like... Uh, uh, you know, this can do attitude and and I'm curious, have you always had that or is that something that you've worked hard to acquire recently or is just how you
0: were wired? I don't know. I think that might be just how I'm wired. I think when I was a when I was a kid, I felt like I was always kind of the underdog. and so if you're the underdog, the only place you can go is up. so I always thought i'm I'm gonna be you know I'm just gonna Try to be in control of my of my mindset, and and and, and I figure if I'm going to be one way or the other, I'd rather be positive than negative. So I, I'm just going to go all in on that on that positivity train. All
1: right, outstanding. Well, let me, hey man, just for the listeners that don't know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about your you know first off where your school is, your upbringing, how long you've been doing martial arts. So let's let's start at the beginning. I think your your stepfather is who you started training with originally. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, I started training uh, back in 1986. And, uh, um, you know, my mom's, um, it, it, it was more like a fatherly figure, I guess you okay. say. My, my mom's, you know, good friend. It was her husband. And, uh, and he kind of took me in a little bit and, and we met back in 1986 and he, uh, uh, yeah, he had a, a little small, uh, karate school in his garage. And, uh, I, I'll never forget. I came in the first day and it was, uh, it was around five o'clock in the afternoon, probably somewhere around this time. Cause it was near close to my birthday time. And yeah, I learned a rising block and a front kick and, after that I was hooked. So that's isn't that yeah, funny? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like magic. Ooh, the, the rising block. How cool was that? Like I remember that too. That's totally cool. And a front kick, it was like, yeah, I remember literally like uh uh, you know, that had a took a YMCA course in my first class. Like this is before I officially trained. I remember just learning a front kick and think that was the coolest thing ever. And so, <laughs> So you, uh, you eventually, uh, uh, you know, you were, you were helping out somebody else in their school, and then you opened up your own school. How long has it been
0: since you opened up your own school? Yes, yeah, so I opened up my own school in 2016. Yeah, so I was teaching with my original instructor. Um, he ended up taking it out of the garage and opened up, uh, we kind of opened up the school together, and then, um, and then I ended up opening up my own school in 2016, and uh, it's been jamming ever since. It's been great. Uh, right here in uh, Clovis, California. Which is a suburb of Fresno. For we're of Fresno, yeah. So it's right next to right next to Fresno, which is if you're not familiar with California, we're just almost right dab in the middle. So
1: so it's affectionately referred to. Well, I won't even say it. Never mind. It's considered the most desirable place to live in all of California. <laughs> Way <laughs> better than Carmel or Monterey or San Luis Obispo <laughs> or Mendocino. Fresno's the place to be, right?
0: <laughs> sometimes they, sometimes <laughs> we're referred to as the armpit of California. I was gonna say that, but I figured I'd
1: let you do it. Right? I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have. I have. Ma- uh, massive memories. I think I shared with you kind of our, uh, Robert Halliburton, of course, who was a uh, grand, uh, school, a very successful school. In Sh- uh, he was a top fighter back in the day. I, you know, we used to go to Fresno very frequently
0: to compete in tournaments that I, re- anyway. And it's funny, I trained, I trained with Robert Halliburton, um, um, for at least five, six, seven years of my, of my martial arts, of my beginning of my martial arts journey. So at, at, after, uh, the garage dojo, um, My instructor was actually a student of Robert Halliburton, so I trained at the Way of Japan School for, gosh, I mean, had to have been seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, wow, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so uh, you've also competed for decades. As a matter of fact, you're a a world champion.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, when I was a kid, I I competed a lot on the local circuit, and then as I got older, I started going to the uh, national circuits and really enjoyed it. Um, Competing was fun. I'm a very, very, very competitive guy. Um, I like to be the best of whatever it is I do. So uh, competition was great, and that was fun. And I think I just competed in my actual last karate tournament um, this last November. It was, it was, it was time for me to to you know put a put a put a stamp on it and call. Actually, that it was so, uh, it was
1: September. I was there. It was like oh, the it first was, of yeah, September. September. Yes, I knew that's what you meant. I was there. Yeah, that was you decided. Okay, enough is enough.
0: Yeah, enough enough for the karate side, and uh, and uh, now on the jujitsu side, I'm probably gonna do a, a couple other jujitsu tournaments just to get those, um, you know, underneath my belt. But uh, but as far as karate goes, I've kind of done everything I need to do there, and it's been it was a blast, it was fun and very enjoyable. And you know, but you get to a certain age, I think that you know there there comes a point in time where you have to you know say I've I've done what I need to have done. I got you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so. And you currently, you're. I know you're all in jujitsu. You recently got your brown belt under Carlos Machado, so you're yeah, working so hard yeah. at
0: that. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, yeah, so Master Machado, we're uh, we're uh, we're an affiliate school of of Master Carlos Machado, and so our jujitsu program uh, is under is under his system, and it's been absolutely amazing. So yeah, I just got my brown belt last uh, this year, uh, earlier in the year. So that's been great, and um, you know, it was one of those things when you know years back, I I it's funny I watched you. For a lot of years. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, you've always been an inspiration to me as far as branching out to different styles. And so one of those things was, gosh, I, I don't feel that that area of my martial arts was as 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 good as the as the rest. And I, and I didn't like that. So so I started training in jujitsu and it's been it's been wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, man, let's switch gears. And let's let's like you've got a you open your school in
1: 2016. And uh, that's when we kind of formally started. I mean, I remember we talked at the Super Show prior to that, but you, you know, became a client, I think, right around the same time. And it's just been amazing to see you just kind of blow up over the last seven, eight years. And and uh, uh, you've done incredibly well. So give me some of the things that if you look at from a standpoint of. I know we've talked about this a lot, but martial arts first teaching, second, business third. That's kind of the way you both you and I are kind of wired. How yep. has your passion for martial arts helped your you thrive successfully for, uh, from a business standpoint? Is,
0: is there been a connection there? Oh, absolutely. I think that I think when you are when you are passionate about something, everybody around you feels it everybody around you understands that it's that vibe that you that you bring and 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 there and you can't fake it right there's you know you, you can either walk the walk you can talk the talk and so I've always been one to you know be able to I I feel like I have to walk the walk and I have to be a martial artist first because at the end of the day that's kind of as, as a martial arts school owner that's our product right is our mm-hmm. ability to have good quality sound martial arts and then of course the teaching aspect has to be there as well and so um so yeah I think the passion for the martial arts has always been there and I think our our students our parents feel that and I think it's what's helped us and it's also helped our team grow over the years. So tell me like uh, uh how many students do you have currently? Yeah, we're right around 450. that's amazing. Um, yeah, give or take 449, 451. It's right in that range. Um yeah and well, yeah we you know and we uh, we yeah, seven it was our seven-year anniversary was at, was this last August, and uh, yeah, I think it was. It's one of those things where you know you start your school and you've got fifty or sixty students, and then you're like, man, I just want to get to a hundred, and then you get to a hundred, and the next thing you know, wow, I'm at hundred and fifty, and then um, and then you start hitting these different milestones. You're at two hundred, you're at two fifty, and and I feel that you know sometimes that you know it's it's a great evolution and. But things have to kind of adjust and change over that time, and I think that's been one of the unique, fun um, challenges. I always look at challenges as fun uh, of 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 you know going with the times and and going with the growth. So, what would you say?
1: I man, I've been in business for fourteen years. I had one hundred and forty-two members. I can't seem to kind of grow the school. Uh, You know, it must be the area that I'm in. You know, Uh, what would you what would you say to someone to kind of get them over the hump? What, What what do you feel like they should do? Uh, you have to kind of get to the next level
0: you know i think i think it's a number one go go back and do a, a a evaluation of of yourself right are you training are you trying to become a better teacher like i think those two things have to be there um if you're not growing personally i feel that your school is going to have a hard time growing as well um i've noticed that exponentially personally if i'm growing Then my instructors are going to grow and my school is going to grow. So I think growing your own personal martial arts and your own personal teaching skill, I think those two things have to go together. And then the next thing you have to do is you have to look at the systems you have built into your school and are those systems designed in order to help you get more students through the door. Well, I love the way you go about this. It kind of starts with us
1: first, right? I couldn't agree with you more. You know, like like if we don't have our A game on, if we're not really working towards it, it's because the mind, you know, if you're not convinced, it's hard to be convincing. Meaning, you know, it's hard for me to motivate all these people if I'm only kind of half committed to what I'm doing. So, you know, when my head is, when my vision is clear and I'm all in and, you know, I get show up like on Monday, ready to go. By the way, that's not always easy to do, right? You have to, you, know, you have to work hard to cultivate that for, for at least for most people, uh, and then that's half the battle, right, of going out, stepping out on the floor. But interesting, when you talk about increasing your skill as an instructor, how few people really, when they're trying to grow their martial arts school, uh, uh, you really take a moment to say, well, how good are your classes? You know, how can you make them better? And because that's really our product. Uh, this weekend, I did an instructor college uh, in the Bay Area, and there was a, a gal there uh, who... Uh, she brought several of her team members. And by the way, I just coincidentally, uh most of her team members have, have actually Satori Alliance certified instructors, right? And I and out of the corner of my eye, I'm, we're doing these instructor training drills, and I'm seeing I everywhere I look, uh there's one of her instructors in one of these groups when we're doing practice teaching and they're just killing it. I go, wow, look at where they're, oh, they're from that lady school. And I realized it's, and I'm not saying it's because they're Satori line certified, although I think that helped. But the fact of the matter is she is consciously making an effort to train her instructors, you know, on not just how to do a better sidekick, but here's how you interact with parents better. Here's how you line up a class. Here you you keep classes exciting and innovative. And it just showed up. I mean, the difference between you know the the, her group of instructors and some of the others was just night and day right because they're making a conscious effort to improve and and i think that's one of the things that's just crucial is that man you know what we really have if you're selling cars then you know then what i want to do is i want to get you in a nice car and i I want you to test drive that car that's gonna make you want to buy it but what we do is we teach martial arts that
0: what is our product it's what happens in the classroom and if it's only mediocre good luck at growing your school. Well, no, I tell you, so, so I I couldn't agree with you more. And I remember at one point in time, um, before I, before I was doing this, you know, uh, involved with Kovar systems and doing the Satori Alliance training, um, I could teach a class. I think, you know, I, I could teach a class, no problem. Um, and on a great day when the sun is shining and you have the perfect amount of students and all the, the, the superstars are in the room, man. You're crushing it and the world is great, but there are days that that's not the case. There are days where you're going to be a little bit off personally. Um, There are going to be days where you're going to have a couple of challenging students in your class. And it's those days that I feel that having a foundational base that you're constantly working on when it comes to your teaching skill is so crucial. It's kind of, and it helps you get through those classes, just like, let's say you're sparring. And you sparred with somebody you've been working with for 10 years. Well, you're going to know when the block's going to come and when the counter's going to come. But what happens if you get with somebody that's maybe a little bit different or maybe a little bit more athletic? And you've got to have these fun, sound fundamentals. And I think that we remember that with our martial arts. But gosh, we got to really remember that with our teaching. And so for for our team, and what we do is we're constantly revisiting those fundamentals and role-playing those fundamentals on a regular basis. So that way we can be so solid in our product. I think that right there um, is so crucial because look, we can have a bad class. We just can't have two in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and
1: then what's, uh, you know, I, I asked a question when I was running this instructor college, I go, how many guys have a favorite group to, class to teach? And, you know, people's hands go up. And some people say, man, I love working with four and five-year-olds, which is, by the way, is a rare quality because that's not my best class to teach, right? Uh, and someone else says, oh, I love working with the black belt. Someone else says, I love working with the teens. And the point of this is by having a favorite class, by default, what you're saying is you have a least favorite class, right? Yeah. And which is, it's human nature. It's natural. <coughs> but the deal is, is that all the, your teachings, your passion when your favorite class is natural, but when it's your least favorite class, that's when call upon your skills that you've developed as an instructor, your foundation. It's something you also said about, hey man, you gotta have yourself first, your teaching skills, and then you have to have systems. I think what you said is really important. I used to tell people how to run a martial arts school. It's, it's systems driven with personality, but I've actually mm-hmm. over the years tweaked that. I think it's personality driven with systems. I think it starts with a person, right? It's, and then yeah. you build the systems upon that, not just for uh, teaching, but of course, business in general. So let's switch gears for a minute. So you are heavily involved in your community. So you're, yes. you're you're beyond just running martial arts. So tell me some of the things that you do in community outside. Are you involved in any uh, uh, service groups? Do you ever do assemblies or self defense clinics? I know the answer to all of this, but go ahead and share with everybody. What do you do to to make such an impact on on the Clovis community?
0: You know, I I, I have uh, I've been working on my skill set for a long time, and I have a very unique skill. I feel to get young people to think in a way that can help them get become more successful, just to help them just to open up the doors in their mind. And so in my in my heart and my soul, I want to be able to share that with our youth. And so for years, I've been, you know, knocking on the doors of our local schools and really trying to create relationships with them and making sure that, you know, with, with you know, finding the right times to do so. And so what we've done is we've kind of broken it down From bully prevention, uh, conflict avoidance, um, um, this lab, we just had Red Ribbon Week that I'm sure everybody's familiar with, and that uh, was about, you know, saying no to drugs, which really I take a, um, a, a, a direction of making better choices. And so I I have to stop you. I I have
1: to stop. you. I just make a comment. This is my 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 brag uh, uh, is that back when I was doing the red ribbon assemblies, like personally, this is is 25 years ago or something. Right. 20 years ago when I was doing I actually did. I probably told I probably bragged about this before. I actually did 26 assemblies in six days, Monday through Friday, the following Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's like it was insane. Yeah, yeah, but that, fun. That,
0: that's insane. That yeah. that right there is probably a world record that should be put in Guinness Book because that I did I did six and I was like, Whoa. oh man, you know. Well, but- I I was doing two a
1: day, or
0: actually four a day because I would go basically. I didn't
1: <laughs> stop doing the math on that, I, I honestly, it's the truth. But I, it was four a day basically, and then somehow I snuck in. Uh, more on another day. I can't, I can't understand how the math was, but I'm I'm very clear that I did it, but I got to share a quick story with you. Of course, Nick Wilson, one of my senior students at the time, he's like 19 years old. Let's put it, uh, you know, and he's helping me in my very last assembly. This is Assembly 26, the following Monday, and I don't even, you know, you say the same thing in the same way, and I kind of, did I already say this? I'm just kind of in this blurb. I, I'm not at my best, and, and uh, we used to do a board break, and in the board break, it was all about, you know, committing to living a drug-free healthy lifestyle, and you can't kind of sort of want to do it. You got to be fully committed to it, right? And so, I hold the board for, for, for Mr. Wilson, Nick Wilson, and he breaks the board, and I pull it out. I hold it out like, wasn't that cool, kids? And one of them flies out of my hand, and I, I watched it in slow motion go chink, 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 and hit a kindergartner right in the forehead. By the way, this hey. is a this is a K through eight assembly. I'm sure you've done those. Those are the hardest ones possible, and it's yeah. also yeah. 40 minutes, as in four zero. And uh, and the kid ah, starts crying, and blood's coming out. Well, ironically, he was actually one of my students. So I knew his dad. His dad was really cool, but that was the longest assembly ever because I had to th- after after we got you know him rushed off to the nurse's office. Everybody's looking like mad. Who's this? Who's this person? You know, <laughs> taken out of kindergarten. And Then I still had to do another thirty five minutes of the assembly anyway. But I, I'm sorry to cut you off. So I, I had it was to good. Share it was that. good. Great story. Great story. so, so we, you
0: have all had one of
1: those. Yeah. So you have uh, uh, you know you you have a way of interacting with you that that you've you've had great success with.
0: And it's been, it's been, you know, it's been, it's been a work in progress. Like, you know, I had a friend call me the other day and he's like, Hey man, I'm just opening up my school. How do I get into schools? And I'm like, look, man, I've been working on this for 13, 15 years. This is, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And so I think I use that, you know, uh, Mr. Dave Kovar mindset is take care of the days and years take care of themselves. And so for me, it was just, you know, being just consistent and being, you know, uh, methodical and, and again, having a, a mindset of giving back to the schools. I don't, I've had schools say, Hey, can we, uh, we've got some funding. We'd like to send your way. I go, listen, I, I, I I can't accept that. I said, if you, if you pay me, I will write you the check right back to your school and you can put that towards something else for them. But, but I'm not, I'm not going to accept that because that's not what I do this for. Do we get students out of it? Sure. But really it's for me, it's, 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 it's giving from my heart. And that's why I do these things. Um, we have fundraisers that we do with the local PTCs that get students at our school and that type of thing. And, And uh, but but, yeah, so so community outreach or or I I want to stop
1: you because what you said is really important. It's like, uh, you know, by the way, I think if someone wanted to write you check, I think that in my opinion, it's okay. But I get that you don't. I get why. But you're playing the long game. So, see, the reason why a lot of people have a hard time, I tried going to school, but they wouldn't let me back in or, you know, it's because people push too hard to get new members out of it. And the whole intention, what you're doing, in your community is you're there to serve your community. And there's going to be some, oh, by the way, you interested in martial arts. Yeah, we can do that. But that's not your intention. And so what means is that people in your community trust that you're just not trying to sell them something. You're there because you want to serve. And so what happens is you may end up with less new members over the course of a few months with that strategy, but over decades, you're going to end up having a way more positive impact on your community and a lot more
0: long-term members because you're playing the long game. Well, I think too, I think the most important thing, and we talk about this in systems training is, you know, own your five mile radius. And, you know, the, the I'm constantly in front of people. And, and, and it's funny, like I go to a school and then people ask, well, how do we start training? And, and I, and so of course I'm, I'll tell them sure, you always have your parents go to our website. And, and the other day I was actually at a school and we had a young lady who started training with us at like five years old, stopped training at around six, seven. And well now she's like eight or nine years old. And she saw me at the school and she was like, next, thing you know, mom calls us, Hey, we just saw Mr. Guido at the school and my daughter's pumped up, ready to come back. I'm like, awesome. So, so yeah, I mean, we'll get students that get re-inspired and that type of thing, but really it's about helping the community. Um, I'm also a member of our local Rotary club, um, which is a, which is a service based. A lot of times you see, you see Rotary and you're like, well, what is that? Basically it's just what I just described, but um, a group of other individuals that come together and do things that support the schools. And there's always a youth aspect in there that I uh, like to be a part of. So like, um yeah last week we were at a school we gave out dictionaries to third graders and we've been doing that for for I don't know 20 years with the rotary club so um I get involved with that and and I go in and I get to go in as the rotary guy and they're like wait a second you're the karate guy no I'm I yeah but I'm I'm here with the rotary club today and they're like oh okay cool so um so yeah just I mean I think just being consistent and being out there and just having a servant's mindset which is I think so important we should always have that I think at the end of the day You know, being a martial artist first, we're going to get our feeling of success training. Um, If you're a competitor, you'll get your feeling competing. But there's also got to be that service element where you're truly just giving yourself and your knowledge and the things that you can offer to to where you live. And I think that's so crucial and so important. Yeah, but you know, at
1: the same time, if you look like you live a pretty good lifestyle, like you and your wife take a lot of vacations, you're, you know, you've got a good team in place. So you're also being compensated in the bigger scheme of things. It's not like you're you're doing this for free, right? Uh but it's you're giving first and 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 it's it's coming back your way because you charge a fair price. You, you know, you you follow good basic business principles uh that you do very well, but that's Uh, I mean, I I think that's a recipe for success. And I, I know I've shared this with you before. What's your key to be, you know, continuous success? Keep doing what you're currently doing. Keep that same kind of mindset, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree. So I, I would be curious. I got to share one of my favorite, were just assembly stories for you. Okay. And I'm sure right. you have a bunch too. I have a bunch, but there's this one time I'm, I'm actually called this principal who I used to do assemblies for at one school goes to a different school. And he calls me up and says, Hey, Dave, any chance you can come? I'm having a bullying problem at my school. Can you come do a, an assembly on the subject? And of course I'm happy to do it. And I show up and there's this kid, he's a sixth grader. Uh, I was doing the assembly for like four through sixth grade. And this guy's a sixth grader. His name is Mike. And I thought, oh, and, and you know, he's a very intense student and he trains been trained with me for a couple of years. And so I coincidentally, Mike. Yeah, right. But uh, uh, so uh, I call Mike out of the audience to demonstrate the attention stance and talk about courtesy and respect. Like I, anytime I have a student, I always try to highlight them in front of their peers, right? First thing I do, I slap you attention stance. I talk about attention this is the most important move in martial arts is self-discipline because then if you can stand straight and call and still, you can do other things. And, and then I have them do the bow and I talk about martial arts begins and inspect, it ends with courtesy and respect. And I notice that everybody's kind of looking at each other and smiling and kind of whispering back and forth. And I, you know, so I go about my assembly, and and after we're done, the principal comes up and says, uh, "Dave, uh, I got to tell you, uh, Mike, he is the biggest bully problem in the school." <laughs> it's like ah, oh. like open mouth inserts. I, I considered to talk about what an amazingly focused kid this is, and how. And it turns out he's the guy, right? He's the reason why we had the assembly in the first place. So I learned an interesting lesson. I, I always when I when I go to an assembly, if I. I'll locate a kid that I know that's a student uh, that I want to use, I'll walk up and ask the teacher, hey, how is little Mikey? Is he a good student? You know, uh, because I want to know that before
0: I call him out. So any any good uh, I have others, but any good uh, like assembly stories for you? You know, you know, it's so funny, it's so funny you bring that one up because I think you've told me that story before. And I've and and because you told me that story, I've utilized that in every single one of my assemblies ever because we do the same thing like we did a uh, um, so every time we have a board break it's you know let's say no to say no to you know say no to drugs or you know I'm going to commit myself to anti-bullying or I'm going to commit myself to making better choices and of course they break through and they break the board and so um, I've actually probably saved myself a bunch of of situations (laughs) because you know you've got that student they come into class and they're killing it and they're great and then, you know, they go home and maybe that's that's their, you know, maybe they're not quite doing what they need to be doing there. And so uh, I do that with every single principal. And, and we talk about it. They're like, oh, yeah, that kid's good. I like, go, OK, good. I'm going to use them.
1: <laughs> well, so you recently did an assembly and I remember trying to talk you out of it. I'm going, man, you're insane. You did like twelve hundred kids for an hour.
0: What was it that you did like junior oh, yeah. high, or high school? What was the one you just did? So this was great. So um, there's a so there's a gentleman that um, actually played basketball for Fresno State, and then he went on to become a, a professional basketball player. And he struggled with drug addiction. His name is Chris Heron. And if you go on YouTube, I'm sure you'll find tons of videos on him. And so they call me and they say, "Hey, Chris Heron's going to be at the high school. Uh, it's Clovis North High School. And they go, and we need someone to come to the intermediate school." I said, and then we want you. And know, we heard you're doing a great job. We want you to come. I said, sure, no problem. They said, how, how long are your assemblies? I said, no, it's somewhere between twenty-five and thirty minutes. And they go, oh, we need you for ninety minutes. Nine zero. Nine zero. Yes. And so I was like, oh, and so. So but me, I'm not going to pass up that opportunity. So I'm like, sure. sure, sign me up. No problem. I'll figure it out. So of course I give you a call. And so we start chatting and start throwing ideas against the wall and, and they come back to you the next day. They go, Hey, you know what? Just, just so happens. We don't need you for 90 minutes. It's only going to be 75 minutes. And I go, ah, okay. So I'm in this, this gymnasium with, the entire gym is still. And, and by lit. the way, just a little background. I'm literally like
1: freaking out for you because the thought of having 1,200 seventh and eighth graders for 90 minutes is like, to me, uh, that that's pretty intense. Because it's really not 90 minutes. It's like five hours. That's what it feels like, right? So anyway, you get down to right. 75 minutes. So go ahead and tell me what happened.
0: Yeah, so 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 we got this. So the kids are coming in, and they're and and they're filling in, and I'm going, oh man. And so and by the way, mind you, normally I'll do it in this in my in my karate gi, but I came suited out, you know, looking very very sharp, looking nice. And uh, so um, yeah, so I was like in my head, I'm going, wow. So I I put together this uh, presentation, and uh, and I start going through every single speaker that I've ever heard, right. From from you to Master Chip Townsend to uh, uh, Ernie Reyes and uh, you know uh, uh, Thomas Clifford and I'm just going through all these different you know uh, uh, scenarios in my head and I go you know I'm just gonna take control of this room and so man I as kids were coming in I was knuckle bumping people high fiving people as they're coming in creating a little bit of a relationship a little buzz see a couple students in the in the uh, in the in the area and man I I I tell you what as i'm talking i'm i'm slowing my speech down a little bit i'm just gathering them in next thing i know i look around and the teacher is giving me this look going i ran out of time wow incredible so it's so you know, 75 I had- minutes and i and i had probably another 15 minutes left to go
1: so one of the things that's really important that you that you touched on that I, if you ever have a chance and I think this goes for every audience that if you, every time you're going to do a, a presentation, right? But especially if you're working with you're going to go do an assembly for a bunch of uh, uh, kids, which can if you don't know what you do and they will eat you alive, right? I mean it's it's a real skill to be able to do an assembly. So I, I, re- so I have so much respect for you to be able to do that for seventy five minutes. But one of the, what I always talk about is two things. Number one is build rapport. So that's before you started it, it's before you. Get it's helpful if they decide they like you out of the gate versus who is this guy and taking that moment knuckle bumping and high five and what you're doing is you're making them feel important and appreciated so now you've got you know friends out of the gate you know one time uh jerry seinfeld was asked hey man does it help when you do a if you're going to do it you're going to do a comedy show uh does it help to be a jerry seinfeld and he says it helps for the first five minutes after that i'm on my own Right? In other words, so they come in there and they've got their uh, it, it, so they they're, they're ready for but if he doesn't deliver in the first five minutes, then he's just like anybody else. Well, yeah. it's the same kind of for us. Is it help that, man, you know that you're a high level black belt and you're a world chef? Yeah, that helps. But that only helps maybe establish a little credibility. Once I get started, I'm on my own. So build report number two is some kind of focus anchor, something where you can draw them
0: back in. So anyway, so you you you, uh, you ran out of time. Right out of time, yeah. We uh, I got to a point where I was, you know, because I wanted to. We, we, it was kind of like a mixture, and it was one. Of, and again, it was one of those things where the administration did not give me exact points of what they wanted me to talk about. It was like, yeah, you talk about some, you know, anti-drug stuff, and and then you know, talk about some maybe some, you know, good mindsets. But yeah, just do what you do. And I, but mind you, I've never been to this school, but the principal there was actually a principal at an elementary school that I went to years ago. And so there's kind of a relationship there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it went great, but I think, you know, Hey, you know, when you talked about it just now, um, making that relationship, well, basic three by threes of, of instructing, well, use the three by threes as they were coming in and, uh, and, you know, again, you know, panning the room, making sure you're not just staying in one area. I just kind of used all my teaching tips as I'm going around and doing this assembly and yeah, it worked out great. And the next thing you know, I'm I'm getting, Uh, emails and calls from certain parents that actually work in the district. They're like, Hey, we heard about your presentation. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, we heard you knocked it out the park. I'm like, well, there you go. Awesome. And so I felt good about it. It was great. Well, I
1: want to switch gears and I want to talk about, you know, by the way, you guys, if you've never met or talked to Mike Guido before, this is exactly how he is all the time. He's super positive, high energy, motivated guy. What do you do to kind of, to keep this up, you know, how do you, uh, how
0: do you keep your, your, your momentum and your enthusiasm going? Well, um, okay. So number one is, um, again, I got to take care of myself. So make sure my nutrition's on point, my exercise, my fitness, my training, um, just, just making sure a personally I'm dialed in good to go. Um, that's number one, Phys- you know, for me personally, then, um, I make sure in my personal life, I'm making sure that everything is dialed in personally. So I make sure that I'm, you know, balancing my time with my family and making sure that I am just, you know, always trying to be the best version of myself. And so that way I'm centered. Um, The second thing that I think about is, is being really, really goal oriented. So setting personal goals for myself and always trying to accomplish something all the time. I think that's so important. You know, like, like last week was a rough week for me. We had our holiday sale. Um, we're getting ready to actually move into a new location and we were having trouble getting the keys for our new location. Um, and yeah, you know, I didn't go into that, but, but, and, and so last, and, and then I started getting like this little uh, like little itchy cough in my throat. So last week was a rough week. And so um, we finally got through our holiday sale. Didn't get a day off yesterday. Usually Sundays are my recovery day, um, but we had to get in the dojo and get things cleaned up. And so I just sat down last night and I said, You know, last week is over. This week is here. Let's attack it. Man, I woke up this morning and taught a jujitsu class and came in and, and I'm ready to go. And you called me. You're like, Hey, you want to be on a podcast? I'm like, Let's do it, you know? And so, so what I'm doing is I'm just constantly keeping myself centered. And then I'm always setting goals for myself to try to accomplish something. It gives me purpose, it gives me a vision, it gives me a way to constantly be, you know, grinding and working towards something and for me that's the fun part the fun part for me is every day trying to be better than i was yesterday and that's my main goal like let me try to be better than i was yesterday let me try to be a better version of, of the person i was a year ago and just constantly try to become better and i think people feed off that i think people like that they like to be around that type of vibe and they feel it they understand it. they know it's real and genuine and so i think that for me that's what kind of keeps me centered and then also too, last one making sure i just you know take off every once in a while take a couple weekends here and there just to you know and and sometimes i feel like oh man i can't go away from the dojo but when i come back the team is energized because i'm energized mm-hmm. i think that's important yeah, and I think you do a great job of it. And
1: and you know, one of the things that you just touched on is the importance of kind of being on purpose. And you said last week was a challenging week. Everybody has those, myself included, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And and sometimes you you just gotta put your game face on and and, and grind through knowing, but over time you'll learn that it's it's this is temporary. You know, stuff passes. You know, it's it's uh it's it's kind of like uh what is Teddy Roosevelt? I think he's the one attributed it to this, is that sometimes you feel like you're at the end of the rope. But if you ever get to the end of the rope, what do you do? Tie a big knot in it and hang on, right? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. sometimes that's what, okay, man. It's kind of a rough week. Take a breath. Don't Don't do anything that's going to sabotage my progress, right? Just right. kind of get right. through it. It's going to get better. And well, hey, man, I I so appreciate you being on on the uh, the, the the show today. I I appreciate and respect
0: what you're doing. And uh, uh, any closing thoughts for our audience? You know, I just uh, I, I just gotta give a shout out to you, sir. Um, you definitely have been an inspiration to me over the years and really helped me out and. And uh, just I mean, you're leading from the front um, inspires me to do something similar in my organization. And so um, I think that it's so important to look for mentors in your life that are positive that you can learn from. Right. It's wisdom is experience remembered. And for you, sir, you have a lot of experience. And so I'm just going to feed off that and then I'm going to reciprocate it, and pass it down to the people um, that are coming up on the the next generation and just keep this thing moving and keep it growing. And if we grow together, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. Outstanding, man. I, I Thank you for the compliment. I won't
1: take that as what you were saying as I'm getting old. I will not tell you. I, I will not take that that way. No, I appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks for being on the show. And I look forward to talking again soon. Take care. Thanks, man. sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review, and we really uh, sincerely would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.